Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, welcome to FNI Rap Chat uh, with myself, um, Paul Butler Lennox, and sadly today, um, it's with great sadness that uh, I have to announce that Paul Webster, uh, our, our very own Navin uh, Mike man, <laughs> He couldn't make it today uh, due to other commitments, so yeah, I'm flying solo today. So yeah, today we're joined by um, a documentary filmmaker called Frankie F uh, Frankie Fenton, Frankie Fenton, um, uh, who made a, a really moving piece of work called uh, "It's Not Yet Dark" um, uh, about a really inspiring individual called Simon Fitzmorris and. Uh, his his wife Ruth. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderfully uplifting, inspiring, and, and uh, yeah, tale I guess or, or um, obs observational film about uh, Simon's journey uh, over the last kind of ten, twelve years uh, dealing with motor motor neuron disease uh, MND. So yeah, it's um, yeah, this is a good one. So um, yeah, we hope you enjoy. Very welcome back to another wonderfully intimate uh, episode of Rap Chat for Film Network Ireland. Uh, we're very lucky today. We're joined by um, a wonderful documentary filmmaker who uh, has a feature out this weekend. Uh, it's nationwide, I presume, is it? That's right. It's nationwide. And it's called It's Not Yet Dark. Now, if you're f uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the, uh, the, the, the wonderful individual that, that the... Uh, that the documentary is, 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 is based on. Uh, Simon Fitzmaurice, uh, um, a, <coughs> a wonderful filmmaker in his own right, but an individual uh, suffering with uh, uh, motor neuron disease. Um, and Frankie Fenton, who's with me today, uh, I guess over a couple of a year? Oh, uh, probably, it was probably, the journey has been about three years now, three, four years almost. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, how did you meet Simon, I guess? Oh, and Ruth, I guess. Yeah, well, actually, um, there with, uh, lies within a tale. I actually <laughs> grew up with Ruth. The, the, what happened was uh, the producers of it's uh, of My Name is Emily, which yes. is Simon's film, which he was making at the time, uh, they were just closing finance, and they needed a little bit more money to get over the line. So um, they had heard that I had recently done a successful crowdfunding appeal for another film that I'm currently making, okay. um, a climate change movie. But uh, so they just came over to, to ask for a few tips and it was in that meeting that I actually clocked that they were talking about this guy called Simon. He's in a wheelchair and his wife, Ruth, and the alarm bell started ringing. And I suddenly realized, of course, I know Ruth. I grew up at Ruth in my hometown of, of RD, County Loud. Okay. So, <laughs> RD. Yeah. And so uh, what, what kind of transpired after that was um, while I was helping them with the crowdfunding appeal, uh, they uh, thought it might be a nice idea for them to ask me uh, what I felt a kind of a documentary might look like about Simon. Yeah. And um, 
So they had kind of in mind a kind of an idea to make a, a film about Simon because it was a world first. You know, you're talking about a guy with motor neuron disease who mm. literally is he's just moving his eyes who was going to go out and direct a full feature film. So they felt that it was kind of a good idea maybe to, you know, to document it. Yeah, for anybody who, I was lucky enough to see it last night, and it's just, you know, I'm kind of, we were talking beforehand, and, you know, like like the best of us at times, I can be quite cynical, and sometimes watching people's work can be, particularly under circumstances such as this, can be not a, not a struggle, but it can be difficult to motivate yourself to watch stuff. But from the very get go, I was I was very very deeply moved. It's it's very poetic and mm. it's beautiful, and um, even in terms of how it looks, some segments are really 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 beautifully shot. And he's, you know, he's just an inspirational figure. Well, you know, I'm, you know, you call yourself cynical. I'm probably the most cynical guy. (laughs) Although it's funny, it kind of wanes as you get a little bit older, I think. But um, I know what you mean. And kind of, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch a film about a guy with motor neuron disease. And you're, oh, well, is this going to be a happy film or or what? And I know... I was very conscious of, you know, films that are in that kind of genre, yeah. of whether or not I would even normally be sitting down to watch a film like that. Mm. So all the while, while we were making it, we were trying to make something that was a little bit different. And the, the key to that was not making a film that was about disability. Or It's really not. It's about being, a human being, an inspirational figure who, I guess, is overcoming... Um, just the, the everyday struggles of life more than anything else. It just he just so happens to be dealing with this, you know, yeah. debilitating illness. Absolutely, and it, it's kind of uh, it, it. We were so kind of into that mantra when we were we we're making the film that it really only occurred to us afterwards when we're at like Q and A's. I mean, the film was in in Sundance. A guy put up his hand and went like, "You don't mention the words like disability once." Like that's incredible. And we're like, actually, yeah. But it it didn't. It wasn't like we went out to make a film that wasn't about disability. But we just were so concentrated on Simon, his story, and mm-hmm. and uh, what he was doing, and you know, and just what he thinks. Yeah. And uh, and just using his words to the best effect possible. You know. Uh, yeah. You also have to realize. I mean, you're, we're talking about an individual who is, in his own right, a wonderful filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know. First and foremost, a story about a wonderful filmmaker. Absolutely, 100%. Um, I, I was lucky enough to see a short a number of years ago and other pieces of his work subsequently, and my name is Emily. Um, and, you know, the work itself is, 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 is strong enough to carry a documentary about an interesting human being, but notwithstanding that... You know, it's. Uh, I don't want to give anything away in terms of the the, uh, the narrative within the, within the doc, but it's something that you'll come out from and feel better about the human race. Um, <laughs> I I hope so, and like you're right, he is a, an incredible filmmaker himself, mm. and um, you know, you just want Simon Fitzmaurice to make um, more 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 films. He, he's got. He's been compared to kind of that. Terence Malick kind of style and um, that yeah, kind of quite feeling. transient and very visually led. And yeah, and, and in a way that kind of uh, that that might have kind of seeped into into it's not yet dark the film I think too because of just the nature of how he talks and the, his uh, the way he um, uses his words and stuff to to kind of 
to yeah, you know, to kind of it's a that floaty kind of feel to them. Yeah, he's a poet, I guess mm. himself. Oh, that's it, totally. Yeah. Um, how, um, what were your expectations kind of coming into this? What did you hope to achieve, and what did you, mm. uh, I guess, what did you want to? You know, where did you see it going when it was finished? Well, it, it's funny because, I mean, documentary is such a kind of a fluid form of, of filmmaking, isn't it? And you, you don't really know where you're going to end up. You you have all of these beautiful <laughs> ideas of, of how you're going to start off. And really, um, that kind of started off in a place of uh, what, what I like to do is close my eyes and listen to music and okay. kind of picture up kind of different things in your head I, you know I think that's a kind of a good place to start and from that maybe you're, you you end up kind of looking at paintings and pictures and, mm-hmm. and fine art and, and perspective and that can kind of form a kind of an idea of where you might end up yeah yeah so like for, for us it was uh, I, I was looking at a lot of Caravaggio uh, uh, paintings with that dark kind of feel, the black mm-hmm. um, portal with kind of stark, uh, stark faces and port- you know. Um, so I, I kind of had that idea. So once you have those kind of ideas and you meet a, such a, a fantastic cinematographer such as Kate McCullough, wow, who yeah. is um, uh, probably Ireland's best uh, cinematographer. Uh, I would say uh, I've, I've probably annoyed I'm a few people. <laughs> I'm of the opinion, but um, she is. She's just she's just incredible. She hasn't done anything that's bad, and uh, so you kind of you have these lovely little bits of directions that you can give to her, yeah. and she can kind of come back to you with ideas, and then you know. But before all of that really happened, um, I, I got a hold of a camera and just went out myself and just tried to pick up whatever footage I could of especially of My Name is Emily uh, the filming of that yeah, yeah. so that was very much so in the style of almost like an EPK like an electronic press kit guy yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just that, that kind of annoying dude who walks around the set yeah, G- Jimmy Olsen type guy <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah one more question man. well just like you know you just end up wrecking everyone's head because nobody wants to be on camera when they're working really no, and no. so you're kind especially of especially crew especially crew yeah. you know and um, you know I got such a hard time I, I felt well not really a hard time but um, just people just would you put that camera away and I'm that guy who just tried to film as much as possible like all great documentarians well yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, a, there's a risk as well that you end up coming up with like 200 hours of footage you know what I mean that can be a, that can be the wrong way to make film well, as well I guess you can never have too much <laughs> just a quick question about Simon where did he get all those lovely shirts Oh, he uh, is a he, stylish guy. He, he's right up there with Charlie Hawkins. Oh my God! Shirt, so he, I, I swear to God. But he's an incredibly stylish guy. And in, in, I, I, we had to laugh that his uh, some of his shirts were just outrageously <laughs> beautiful. But I had to get like there's a little piece in the dock. I finally kind of got it in there. It was one of the last pieces of filming that we got to do, where it's, yeah. where uh, Adam, his uh, his carer, was uh, showing going through his shirts and there's actually a little nod to the fact that he's so particular with his shirts yeah. they're so wild and beautiful and gorgeous yeah, but he uh, you know we put one out and he's like no another one send it back <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, just about yourself I mean uh, just a couple of questions of how you got started sure. in filmmaking um, like you know where did when were you first introduced to kind of films or what was your earliest memory of, you know, of a, a cinematic experience that you were like, okay, you know... I don't think it was really... Something, a pipe bomb has gone off my head here. Yeah, but some, some people say that they, uh, they watch a film, they, they saw The Godfather when they were six. And, yeah, yeah. And it really wasn't like that for me. For me, it was this never-ending uh, feeling that, well, I've never actually owned a camera. Right. Right. 
And it's now at this stage, I've, I've absolutely no excuse because I'm, I'm kind of older. It's kind of like that 36 year old who doesn't drive and, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, but it's. Mom, where's the meatloaf? Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I never know what she's doing back Well, there. I genuinely, as a kid, you know, um, it's not like today, obviously. Yeah. We, you know, we all know today we've, we've got cameras on our phones and all. But back in the day, it was a very expensive thing. A camcorder was quite a, yeah. a very uh, privileged thing to have. And I remember my cousins had one and some friends of the family. So whenever I was around other people's houses, I, I really was, can we get the camcorder out and make that little, you know, that trick where you kind of point the camera at someone yeah. and then you, you you turn the camera off and they leave oh, the they shot step out and there, then yeah. you, you turn it back on. They've disappeared, right? And you, you've got all of these different little tricks. And I loved that. I just loved that. Yeah, Peter Jackson 101 kind of perspective. Oh, just, yeah, but just yeah. feeling around with the camera was just such a laugh. And then yeah. just to watch yourselves afterwards, it's just cringy and fun. And, you know, so that's kind of... Yeah, I guess kind of the, true, the, the truest essence of kind of filmmaking. That's, that's where the bug was. Mates, yeah. And then it, it was it was some time before I kind of dipped back into that. And, yeah. You know, I, obviously I went to college and uh, kind of had a reawakening. I, I studied anthropology in, in, wow. in Minute and kind of got you know, taken away with the whole ethnography thing. And yeah, I don't know what that is. So ethnography <laughs> is basically, in, in anthropology terms, it's basically the study of, you know, it's it's actually quite a hard one to define ethnography. Okay. Yeah, but but it's uh, it's basically stu- studying in its purest form, in a very in as scientific as uh, form as possible, and okay. a social scientific way of of people. Oh, and um, okay. so, how do you do that? I mean, you you point a camera at them, but then if you start to move the camera, you're having an influence on. <laughs> on this, right? So, so, so th- it's, it's not, and it's. I guess it's not a true representation necessarily right. of what right. how someone would act, for want of a better term, so, organically. Exactly, yes. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, a, a true ethnography might be like a CCTV footage or whatever. But yeah. anyway, it, it got me thinking about the whole idea of uh, shooting people and uh, kind of our interpretations of that, and then after that, the power of of film and kind of yeah. what what how. The, the, real, the real nugget was how can you change the world or people's opinions with, with the use of film, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so more about you. Let's talk about you. <laughs> um, sit down there for a moment. Um, just a couple of kind of practical stuff because, you know, with Film Network Ireland, we're all about um, <clears throat> bringing in people to get kind of personal experiences, uh, their own level of personal experience and uh, kind of analysing... Um, their own route and where they, you know, how they deal with things like rejection, for example. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about it? Oh, I love rejection. Yeah. And you know what? Rejection is the best thing that will ever happen to you because I honestly... And it, like I, I could say, oh, you know, in this film business yeah, yeah. thing, it's in every business, it's in everything in life. If, if you are happy to get rejected, like yeah. 99% of the time, it builds you. It like it makes you stronger. It gets you more of a, makes you hungrier. Yeah, and, and humble, which is the, and humble, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's really unfair. Like life is unfair. <laughs> yeah. And like there's oh there's so many shots in life where you're uh, especially in this business that it's unfairly taken away from you after you've really really worked hard for it, for hard for it. Yeah. So the more you're able to take that uh, that rejection, the better I think. How um you know what what. If you were to look back on yourself now, I, I don't. I guess at the foundation of when you decided to be, uh, you know, a filmmaker, mm. if you could give yourself kind of one piece of advice starting out, which I guess in turn would apply to young filmmakers starting out now. Sure. 
if you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? I, I guess I didn't really know it at the time, but, and it, it sounds so bloody corny when I say it, but honestly, it's persistence. Yeah. It is 90% of the battle because the more, it's, it is a tough business to get into, especially, you know, whatever route you get into. I mean, I ended up doing edit assisting for years yeah. and, and um, I felt that I was kind of locked into there. I was work, working with a wonderful company and got to work with really, like, magical I say that term uh, genre pictures the engineers and just the expertise in the post-production world and that was really 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 fantastic but um, my you know my gut was telling me that it was a dead job for me and it wasn't uh, I wasn't I didn't feel like a spark coming into work yeah exactly I didn't have that creative kind of input and I was working in a company where you know so so I could have stayed there, stayed on there for years and years and years. And really, it's kind of it's putting yourself in a really vulnerable, vulnerable position. And the whole time you're going to have people laugh at you. You're going to have people in the sense of like your parents going, what? Yeah. And kind of, you know, you have to just yeah, you have to just have a, a thick skin and just keep doing it. And eventually things happen and they start happening in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that old adage, you know, be so good that they can't ignore you anymore. You <laughs> keep going, you know. No, Absolutely. Steve Martin said that. Um, um, how did you feel? Because, you know, you know, animated films have been made. You said it took three years from start to finish, kind of thing. Yeah. Animated films have been made in shorter periods of time. Absolutely. How did it feel when you first watch it in front of an audience? Oh wow! Scared. Yeah. Oh my god! Come on! <laughs> like, <laughs> Amazing! I, I, I somersaulted across uh, the stage. You know, and it, it's a it's a really strange, odd feeling because um, you you kind of feel excited that you've you've made this thing, but you you could have made uh, you could have made Lawrence of Arabia, and you'll be sitting there going, "Everybody's judging me." Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, in life, no one really cares what you or what you think, yeah. or you know. And like the kind of the sooner you get over that. I mean, this is my directorial debut, mm-hmm. but obviously, I've been. I know I'm 36, you know, so yeah, I'm yeah. a little longer in the tooth. But it's I, I've been working professionally within the, the TV world and, and all that kind of for all that time. But this was <laughs> my big thing, you know. Yeah, right? yeah. But so it was a really magnificent uh, screening in. Galway film flat mm. and it was actually screened in the same um, in the same uh, in the town hall where the opening of the film occurs and it's not going to get dark so we see the the crowd uh, and in the opening shot of the film yeah. and it's like a mirror of the same cinema and I think that kind of added in the, the audience recognised that and that added in a kind of a special feeling it was kind of like a a kind of a good opening to the film, so yeah, yeah. I kind of felt good about it after that. But the the scariest one by far was in Sundance. Then after that, I can that. only imagine. Yeah. That, I mean, that was um, so. About seven months later, obviously, we got into Sundance, and and again, the film, you know, Sundance is referenced within within the film. That's right. Well. So it's like a, <laughs> oh, a play within a play within a documentary oh, within a play. Top tip: if you want to ever make a yeah. a good documentary and get it into good festivals, is, is include the festivals <laughs> in your film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. so uh, um, weirdly, I don't think that is a good piece of advice, but it did work for us somehow. I don't know. That wasn't the intention. It just happened to be part of the story. an incredible achievement and, gr- mm. and congratulations. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks. Yeah, yeah, and it deservedly deserves... It, it, look, it really deserves as... You know, because a lot of the time, particularly with docs, um, 
Uh, I, I, you know, I get a lot more out of watching docs personally. Um, I love watching movies. The problem is, is that you know, seventy five, seventy five percent, eighty percent of the time when I watch a film, I, you know, I zone out. Maybe because I'm involved in film and I, I see mm. flaws. But mm. I think a film like this, <clears throat> along with um, uh, another doc from a couple of years ago, uh, Older Than Ireland. I, oh uh, yeah, of course, Alex. Uh, Alex Vegan. Alex Vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Every so often, a doc comes around, and it, it it really, I love docs. I think everybody should go and see them. Mm. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. But, but uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think that um, uh, it's not yet dark. Is um, is one that you should bring someone special in your life along to see. Yeah. And you'll feel. Uh, worse about yourself <laughs> and then uh, simultaneously better about yourself the world the human spirit and I think that uh, you know in these trying times that we're in now because every single day is mm. uh, bad news you know and, and it, some people would say fake news uh, fake news right um, right but uh, yeah I think it's uh, you should bring uh, a friend or a loved one uh, along to the cinema and go and see some of this I, movie it's funny you say that that it's um you know, you feel bad about yourself. And actually, you're not the first person to say that to me, that sometimes people feel a little guilty, you know, because yeah. they're like, what, you know, I've been, you know, you've probably spent all day moaning since you woke up. I mean, I moan a lot. Yeah. I, yeah. I came in here, I, I was moaning to you about, <laughs> you know, but like, I, 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 we, we all do it. And then, you know, you you're watch Simon and you're kind of like, oh my God, this yeah. guy, look what he's doing. Um, and he's doing it with such gusto and kind of with strength. And you're like, fuck, but like, you know, Simon complains too. I mean, of course. Yeah, and you you get to you get to kind of uh, make this kind of magical um, feeling when you when you do put something up on the on the big screen. But I think I, I really hope that people don't feel bad after watching it, and I don't think Simon would ever want anybody to feel bad. Like as in, look at me. Like, what are you complaining? I'm about? completely able-bodied. Yes. I can feel bad that I have my limbs work. No, it's absolutely not that. It's just what yeah. it. Uh, I would imagine. It, well, I can only speak from my own experience of it. Especially filmmakers. What I'd say is, I mean, if it, if this man can can you know finish his screenplay? <laughs> oh my god! In yeah. under those circumstances. I mean, what the fuck have you talking about? <laughs> well, I tell you what, I tell you what, and it's kind of the hidden truth, and it's 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 kind of, and you you probably agree with me that the film really is about, like, it's about it's told from Simon's perspective, but we are nothing without the support around us, right? Oh, without and that. so like, so my name is Emily. Obviously, wouldn't come about unless they had producers who saw Simon, saw the script, believed in it mm -hmm. and were able to... So you, you have the producers who kind of came on board yeah. um, Catherine, was, uh, Catherine Kennedy, Catherine and, Kennedy and, Leslie McKim, and Leslie McKim and uh, who are just just outstanding, the well-respected producers in Ireland but also very, very talented. And yeah, kind of, forces of nature in their own right. Absolutely yeah. and just so um, just to be involved with really, really good people so, so you need kind of two things. You need to be able to you know, persistence, yeah, and you need to meet really good people. Yeah, it, it takes a village to raise, yeah, absolutely. A, to raise a movie. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, how did um, just the, how did you manage to get Colin Farrell involved to do the oh. voiceover? How did that come about? That that the question. The fact there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a what a guy. He's so cool. Although I've never actually met Colin. You know, no, we, we we did it through. Um, 
uh, through the magic of technology, yeah. we were uh, we recorded. We were in Windmill in yeah. Dublin here, and then uh, he was in LA around the corner, I think, from his house, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, in a recording studio over there. And um, w- you know, um, he as soon as he kind of started talking, it was it was it was insane. How we got him is is uh, is an interesting one. He, I believe. Um, Himself, he read It's Not Yet Dark. He got a copy of It's Not Yet Dark. Okay, the book. Yeah. Um, and I think they might have had a bit of a relationship before that. Um, I'm not sure. Just through acting and yeah, through yeah. filmmaking circles. circles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know yourself. And uh, so soon we yeah, the movie of, isn't narrated by Colin Farrell I might add yeah, uh, so, yeah. Did, you ever, did, I, did you ever meet him was he in a <laughs> so Meryl Streep what do you think of her <laughs> no 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 so yeah Colin was is was it a, a Harvey Weinstein oh party? here now we won't uh, we won't go delve into those uh, muddy filthy waters yeah they're, they're, they're stagnant oh my goodness gracious me it's a good thing the, the cesspool the yeah, swamp uh, the swamp has been drained is yeah, it yeah no absolutely and then they can skim the top and absolutely all over absolutely you know it's a really good thing I think it's happening across society and I really hope that we kind of continue on the tread without really um, you know d- destroying ourselves in the, in the meantime you know yeah I mean we, we have permission to fail uh, but we just have to be more socially conscious about ourselves I, li- I like this tread you know I, I kind of I'm watching Mad Men at the moment okay. right? and I'm sure there's an awful lot of people who love Mad Men I'm, th- I've stuck I'm, I'm at the, the end of the third season sorry this is completely off point no no it's, but it's like, so, mad but I'm kind of it is mad <laughs> so Mad Men and it's kind of one of those shows I've kind of went oh it's, it's kind of cool right because it's like the costumes and they're smoking and drinking it's like oh god back in the day and but I, I keep kind of going it's, it's a little boring I think in my mind in the sense that this never really progresses and people are like, yeah. stick with it man stick with it it, it gets so much better it's, yeah it feels as if the game is rigged you're like one um, side is on top of that's, that's what I feel there's something about it that's just actually this is uh, if I might critique it it's just <laughs> if I may well, once you get over the fact that they're incredibly misogynistic and yeah. it, that this is a time past of uh, you know the, god remember what it was like once you get past that everyone's a horrible person yeah. it, it was crap in the past and uh, no matter how kind of nice you make it, I'm a bit. We said ourselves that we're a bit cynical, but yeah, well, you need to be to do with some of the you know what's thrown at us. But uh, you know, there's and there's an awful lot of this kind of social justice warrior stuff going on, and uh, and then you got there's a lot of kind of things happening in society right now, right? Like you got the the Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. and, and really really good things and good conversations that are really bubbling up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really I, like that kind of world. I think we can all we'll all be very happy to say goodbye to it it's like the Catholic Church in Ireland you know yeah, in the sense yeah. that like that kind of you know you know I, I I'm a huge fan of of my upbringing and I had really good priests in my world and and all of that yeah, and you know I don't wish any bad on, on people whatever but that whole horribleness of the past we yeah, that are kind of archaic kind of approach and, and living essentially it's like you know it's a world of fear. Oh, yeah, a world L- of living in fear yeah. constantly. And, and micropower and all of this kind of, you know. And manipulation and, you know, I exactly. think collectively as a society, we need to be, just be a little bit more transparent and, and, and empathetic, you know. And, and I, you know, it, it's just, it's just I, I just think it's great that these are kind of the, the stories that we're kind of talking about, you yeah. know. A lot of people are cynical, oh, God, getting sick of this kind of stuff, whatever. But these are really, really important conversations that are 
going yeah. to kind of develop the world that we have in the future. So yeah, it's, well, it's I mean, if you to, I mean, if you to, if to, you know, talk about, the, oh, I hate talking about Trump. <laughs> just to, just to mention it's, Trump, but this is part of the problem as well. I mean, the problem. Um, I'm going to get a little bit political for you, uh, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, the problem overall with the likes of Trump and any sort of tyrannical uh, figure is that people, um, and it also uh, the same goes for misogyny or any sort of negative social I- influence, is that people, good people, switch off. So it's very much a case of when, you know, when good people do nothing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Prevails. And that's, that's uh, you know, I, I think that's also the same in Irish society. When people, you know, it's the same with the repeal the eighth uh, movement as well. It's like... Look, it's really hard to stand up sometimes and, yeah. you know, say you're, what you are really thinking. Or when you know when something's wrong, yeah. it can be really hard. And I think sometimes it can be difficult, especially now. An awful lot of people are like, look at all the people who are staying silent. Yeah. But I don't think that's actually the way you deal with it either. It's kind of, it's about nurturing those people out because yeah. people might have other more complicated reasons for not speaking up. Now, obviously, there's an awful lot of people who are very, like, you know, kind of self-interested reasons for not speaking up. Of course, well. but you need to, you know, you know. And it's the same as the people who, you know, really hammer points home and seem to have their own agenda for these causes. And that's fine, but you need to separate and be the person in the middle, I guess, don't you? Look at us, we're solving the world's problems. It, it's one uh, <laughs> political cause. Right? I also feel we're kind of like uh, Captain Hindsight's here. We're like, yes, that was a good... Why, would we be talking about this if this, it was four years ago? Yeah, this Are we the, hypocrites? This is the Quantum Leap episode where we go back and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. and oh, boy. oh, boy. Um, anyway. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the point is, um, mo- movies like It's Not Yet Dark make make you feel as if we have the potential to be better. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a, that's a really good place to I hope so. leave it, I think. Um, go and see it, bring a friend. Um, uh, I don't say this unless I really mean it, so bring people along, bring your mum, uh, feel better about the human race, and... Uh, yeah, and support <laughs> hashtag Irish film uh, making. So yeah, Frankie, thanks a million for coming in. Thanks a million, Paul. Cheers. Um, and yes, it's uh, it's on nationwide release in all of your cinemas. Yeah, it's in Dublin, Galway, and Cork this uh, for the next week or so, and then we'll probably spread out regionally quite quick, and then okay. hopefully head over to the UK. So it's in all the most important places. Ah, oh, yeah, like, like here Dublin. go away to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, thanks a million for coming in, and thanks uh, a million. The very best of luck with everything and for your endeavours. Cheers, Paul.